Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us today for the Weekly Standard is Jay Cost, who has a great piece in the current edition of the Weekly Standard about who the Republican Party should be working for. And if I understand the answer right, Jay, you're saying it's the Bush family? Is that right? We should be working exclusively <laughs> yes, for exactly the Bush right. family? No? No, I. you know, the piece... No, no. well, you know, I mean, I, I don't hold any ill will to the Bush family. But unfortunately, you know, you need to win about 100-some-odd million people to win a presidential election probably soon. So there are not yet 100-some-odd million Bushes. So <laughs> until that day, uh, rep- Republicans need to work for the middle class. And that sounds like a cliché, and it should be a cliché, but unfortunately it isn't. You know, that the 2012 election – um, you know, the results of that election in the exit polls, the polls they took afterwards were striking. Voters were not happy with Obamacare. They didn't think Obama had done a great job on the economy or the deficit. Overall, they, they were slightly disappointed in him. Uh, and most tellingly, a plurality, a pretty strong plurality said the government should be doing less, not more. So why did Mitt Romney not only lose, but lose by, you know, five points, which is not a close race. He lost because overwhelmingly voters thought that he, and by extension the Republican Party, uh, favored the wealthy over the middle class. And of all of the navel-gazing, after-the-fact analyses that have sprung forth from various quarters of the party establishment, uh, you know, very few of these actually took this into account. Instead, you know, Republicans need to moderate their views on gay marriage. Uh, Republicans need to focus on immigration reform, which, by the way, is bad for the middle class. And, and it just felt, in here we are in the midst of an important midterm election and wondering to myself, what is the Republican Party's agenda for the middle class? What do they have akin to what Ronald Reagan had in 1980 or even the House Republicans in 1994? And I couldn't think of anything. And it dawned on me that I'm not sure that the party as an institution actually recognizes that this is its problem. I I agree. They don't have an agenda for middle America. I, I, I agree so completely. And, you know, one of the things that was fascinating is during the 1990s and the you know uh, 2000s leading up to the stock market crash, I think it was a good thing that Americans learned that rich people aren't evil and, that, you know, how the markets really work and that, in fact, when smart, affluent people like Steve Jobs have access to money, they're often really good at turning that money into more jobs and more stuff for more people. But I think... In the process of learning that lesson, the Republican Party has lost the other lessons, which is that the point of the prosperity and the new jobs and new industries is to make lives better for the vast majority of people who will never be the entrepreneur elite. It's almost like you have this entire party dedicated to the 1%, not in the sense that the Occupy Boston people mean, uh, uh, Occupy people mean it, but in the sense of, hey, we're here to make sure that that top elite is protected at all costs. And if that means that the millions of blue-collar and lower white-collar families are shafted, well, you just have to understand that somehow this is the right thing to do. That's right. I agree completely. And I would add to that that this has given the Democrat Party enormous political cover because really starting in the 70s, but accelerating in the 80s, their main source of financial well-being, the Democrat source, which was organized labor, really 
started to fall behind, and they are no longer able to keep up with the Republican sources of funds, the traditional business uh, money. So what Democrats really started to do, beginning in the mid-'80s, is curry favor with business interests. And Democrats are every bit as good at that as Republicans, if not better. And I, I think that the quintessential example of that now is that now House conservatives – have discovered the wherewithal to attack the Export-Import Bank, which is a phony and corrupt and worse-than-useless institution that has been a burden on the country for 40 years. And where are the Democrats? Where is Elizabeth Warren even, the supposed champion of liberal populism? Oh, we're going to keep it. Because Boeing spends, um, you know, I think some tens of millions of dollars a year in lobbying, and then on top of that, campaign contributions. You see, what the Democrats have managed to do is take advantage of the Republican Party's reputation as being in the pocket of business to actually go into the pocket of business and therefore, uh, sorry for the mixed metaphors, but have their (laughs) cake and eat it too. They can berate Republicans for being corporate cronies on one day. And then the next day, they go up to Goldman Sachs with their hands out. And there, there was this great story of Hillary Clinton vacationing in the Hamptons, I think it was, this summer, talking to people up there uh, about how to deal with income inequality. I mean, if, if a Republican had done something like that, it would... All of us, conservatives, liberals, Democrats, Republicans, would be scratching our heads and wondering, what the heck is he doing talking to, you know, these, you know, CEOs who who cash, you know, 10-figure checks to, you know, for their income. What's he doing up there? Well, with Hillary, oh, they don't even give it a second thought because that's the game Democrats are able to play. And Republicans complain about that game and how how Democrats get a free pass in the media. And that's all well and good. But, you know, that's only part of the story. The rest of the story is Democrats for about 30 years now have figured out that the Republican Party is so identified with big business that they can cuddle up to it and not pay the cost. And so there's an opportunity as Democrats' behavior has changed and, as you mentioned, they rely more on billionaires and big business for their money. There's a chance to for Republicans to jump into that space if they'll move into it. And yet you rarely see Republicans even talking about it in a meaningful way. Jay, what are some things that the GOP could be talking about in 2014 and 2016 to help rebrand the party as the party of working-class Americans? That's a great question. I, I think what they need to do, you know, Republicans are identified as the party that wants less government, which is a good thing because the country wants less government. But I think too often the Republicans are inclined to talk about programs that favor uh, you know, middle-income people or lower-income people. Now, these programs might be highly problematic. Like, food stamps is a great example. Food stamps is an enormously troubled program that is inefficient and is is a product of a corrupt uh, log roll between agricultural interests and urban Democrats basically to protect farm subsidies. It is a disaster of a program. But I don't think that's where you start. If you're a Republican looking to cut the federal budget, I don't think that's where you start. I think that you should only go and start looking at food stamps and cutting food stamps 
after you've cut every dollar of corporate welfare. So I think the place to start are, are things like these uh, tax loopholes that are embedded in the corporate income tax code or the Export-Import Bank or the so-called risk corridor uh, provision in Obamacare, which, as Jeff Anderson and I have argued in the pages of the Weekly Standard, is actually a massive payoff to insurance companies to keep them on board Obamacare as the president unilaterally changes the law at his whim. I think that's where you start. I think Republicans should be the party of smaller government, of course, but that they should start with small government for the most wealthy and well-connected. Uh, it would just the first thing I would do. No, and the uh, in the bailout for big insurance companies seems like a natural. And I honestly thought, Jay, that during the 2014 campaign, I was going to see a lot of Republican talk about that because it's such a great talking point. It's talking about Obamacare without talking specifically about the same arguments we've had about Obamacare in the past. So it's kind of a fresh take. It reminds people they don't like Obamacare. And like you said, it puts Republicans squarely on the side against corporate interests and with the taxpayers. I haven't right. heard a single candidate mention it well you know look one of the problems is quite frankly michael is that you know in two, in the 2008 campaign cycle health insurance companies contributed uh in favor of democrats on net expecting correctly that health insurance was going to be on the table but in 2010 and 2012 and 2014 they've shifted back toward contributing to republicans i mean none of these none of this stuff happens it's not as if it's not as if risk quarters is actually a great policy and Jeff and I are completely wrong and congressional republicans aren't touching it because it's so essential. Right? These sorts of policies are maintained throughout the generations because of money, because of campaign money and lobbying money and the money that is promised with a wink and a nod through the revolving door, which by the way that leads to the second big thing is that I think Republicans need to realize now that they have a structural advantage in the House of Representatives. In the last tw in the last 20 years, assuming they win the House in November, which they will, they will have controlled the House for 16 out of 20 years. The House of Representatives has structural problems. It is corrupt. The relationships, the power relationships in the House of Representatives are corrupted at their structures. And the House Republicans, because they now inhabit and control the House, have taken on these corrupt characteristics. And I think the long-term reputation of the party requires some serious, substantive, root-and-branch reforms of that institution. You know, the House Republicans need to get their hands dirty, and they need to start altering the way the House does business on a daily basis, because the House is not responsible to the public interest at large. The House is responsible to the interests of the corporate donors, and not even necessarily corporate donors. They could be in any kind of interest groups. Interest groups have far too much sway over the House of Representatives, and, and because the Republican Party now essentially has an ironclad grip on the House, they have too much sway over the Republican Party, too. The House, in other words, is a problem for the Republican Party, and it needs to be reformed. Could the Republicans use their position in the House to make themselves more the party of the working guy by taking some of the corporate interests to task and by 
confronting some of the issues that affect people? Because look, I mean, obviously, I think what happened in Benghazi was a travesty, and obviously, I think that's it's horrifying that the press isn't obsessed with the IRS story, given that they were targeting you know regular mom and pop people. But even those two, even that story. I don't see the GOP highlighting that fact. You know what I mean? They don't highlight the, these are normal people like you who had the ATF and FBI visiting them. Could the House use that uh, power to investigate and review and, and budget to let, you know, the regular work, you know, family know, hey, we're working for you? Yeah, you know, I worry about the IRS and Benghazi scandals for, for the Republican Party as sort of, uh, I, I think there are just ultimately limits about how far they can go. I mean, look, they only got Nixon because Nixon put everything on tape because there was a smoking gun. You know, it's really hard, I think, to make investigations stick. And I think the, you know, the eight years of, 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 governance under Clinton, there were so many scandals and so many things that were just, they just didn't add up. The Clinton stories just didn't add up on a vast array of things. And the House Republicans never were able to make anything stick because there was never a smoking gun. So I will actually worry about the converse of that, which is that, you know, there's no email out there that connects all the dots cleanly and perfectly on IRS or Benghazi. And so the Republicans will just, you know, end up making a lot of noise, but not really winning over new converts. I I, I actually worry about the other direction on those issues. That's what I was saying is that unless you're going to do an aspect that helps regular people, I think those, like you just said, those topics are self-limiting. So what are some things that the, in other words, Tell me a House hearing that they could use, you know, a topic, a subject uh, that they could use to highlight that we're on the side of you, regular working people, and not on the side that the Democrats are with, which are these special interests in these billionaires, et cetera. Right. Well, I think, I mean, we talked about it already. I think the risk corridors is a great example. I, I think more broadly, what they need to do is they need to recognize that the, their target voters pay a substantial portion of their income and income ta- in taxes, right? Not just, um, not necessarily in income taxes, because Republicans have been successful over the years in cutting income taxes, but they pay a substantial portion of their wages into, into taxes, uh, which, you know, are supposedly for Medicare and Social Security, but actually get rolled into general revenue. So any angle that they can pursue of the ways that the government wastes money, I think, is a great opportunity. Uh, so I would say something um, akin to, you know, risk orders is a good example. Uh, the Export-Import Bank is a good example. Um, I think agricultural subsidies are a great example. Look, there are so many examples the ways that the federal government wastes and, and, and misappropriates money. Uh, there's so many opportunities. Medicare is an excellent opportunity. Republicans spend so much time talking about Medicare reform that frankly doesn't poll very well, and they never spend any time talking about the fact that the American Medical Association is essentially empowered to write the reimbursement rates for Medicare Part B. You want to talk about a conflict of interest? That is the conflict of interest right there. That is a great opportunity because so much money is wasted. Uh, And Republicans have been in control of the House of Representatives for four years. Have they done anything to tighten the controls on how Medicare Part B spends money? Absolutely not. Jay Koss, thanks so much for joining us here on the Weekly Standard Podcast. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.